So today we're talking to Elena Rossi, owner of the Yoni Empire. She's a woman's orgasm coach, sex educator, pleasure toy designer, full-time writer, and lover of all things pleasure-related. And you know that I've actually gone to see her myself, Sards. What? Well, what did you get? What did I get? I got some useful information. That's what I got. Oh, yeah? You're bringing (laughs) it back to us. What up, everybody? Damn straight. I just want to bring it back to my homegirls right here. Hey, Elena. How are you today? (laughs) I'm feeling great. Uh, Coming live from Amsterdam and feeling really honored to be talking to you. So thank you for having me. Is it awkward talking about sex to strangers or are you completely used to it? I think it's awkward for the strangers to talk about sex with me. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, I talk about all day, every day. I feel zero shame. It's my favorite subject. I mean, we love it too. So the awkwarder, the better. And that's half of what this channel's about. So should we dive into it? Yeah, we totally should. And I, one of the things I wanted to put out there is that the reason why I love Elena's stuff so much is because she has a zero bullshit approach to stuff, which is exactly why we started this as well, to just cut through the shit and to just really get into the real stuff. So I think let's just start off really about you telling us how the fuck do you become a pleasure coach? Because that is goddamn amazing. <laughs> you know, you we're in charge of our lives. You just create the job for yourself. So I've always been interested in sexuality ever since I was a kid. And I started noticing how I am more interested in it than all the other girls and boys. Mm -hmm. And when I finished high school, what I really wanted to do was study sexology, but I come from a traditional Russian Soviet family. And I knew that that wasn't going to play out really well with my family. So instead I got a double degree in psychology and business just to make my parents happy. But you know, life takes you into really interesting paths. And I feel like the universe is always helping us and giving us pushes and nudges in the right direction. So one day I just started sharing what I know on the Instagram and it exploded. I was so amazed when I saw your Instagram and we were like, yes, this is someone who needs to teach us how to be a bit more open that mm-hmm. and talk about the hard things, the pleasurable things. So... Yeah, and I think just also getting in touch with yourself and how do you have a relationship with yourself? Because I'm a firm believer that if you don't have a relationship with yourself, you can't have proper ones with other people. I don't know how you feel about that statement. That you just quoted me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love yourself first. Love yourself, babe. We're going to get into the serious stuff first. and, And this is something that's really close to our hearts because we are both from South Africa. And I know, Elena, that you've been around the world and you have taught and spoken to a lot of people and helped them from different places. But unfortunately, I doubt that you'll find many countries that have the sort of horrific statistics that we have here in South Africa. And to just kind of lay it out there, if you don't know people that are listening, it's estimated that over 40% of South African women will be raped in their lifetime. And even worse is only one in nine rapes are reported. That's eight women that haven't said a word. So my first question to you is, have you ever helped a woman who has been raped or sexually abused and now she's come to you, she's had trauma and she just wants to heal? I think the number one tip that I can give to any woman is find the appropriate support and help. So someone who is qualified, someone who's experienced with working 
with sexual abuse and working with sexual trauma. That is the number one thing to do. And it's, it's very, very sad that so many rape cases are going um, unreported. Mm. I think, and, and I think this is the responsibility of women. We need to start speaking up about it and not just, you know, hashtagging me too on Instagram. We need to be reporting these incidents, not only to protect ourselves, but also to protect future victims. Because the men who are doing this are continuing to do this until they're caught and, you know, brought to justice. You know, touching on that, what you just said about people being able to come forward, how how can we encourage women more to, to be more confident and to be able to speak about maybe not rape in particular, but about, you know, sex, because I think, I think they are related completely. There's this um, feeling of shame around sexuality. There's this feeling around shame about sex, even when it is consensual and you want to have it, there's still this, this feeling of shame. So how do we get over that? Mm -hmm. That's a very good question. Uh, we get over it by just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I know sometimes if you bring sex up and call combos in South Africa, people are kind of, what are you talking about? We don't talk about that or it's jokes about awkward moments. But that's as far as it gets. No one's kind of, I tried this position. What you do last night? Oh, we had three rounds. Nobody's getting into real girl talk here. Yeah. And this is the problem that even in safe spaces of women only spaces where technically we should be sharing about everything we're not even being honest with our closest friends and family that we don't have anyone to have brutally honest vulnerable authentic conversations and saying hey you know my partner and i haven't had sex in a year or my partner is cheating on me or i am having thoughts of cheating on him or mm -hmm. i'm having you know feelings towards women or i haven't never orgasmed and so we continue carrying all of our shame and secrecy. It breathes and it doesn't help anyone. So someone has to be the brave revolutionary to start talking. Mm. And you will be surprised that once you start talking, you create a safe space for other women to talk as well. So be the change, basically. Basically. Yeah. You gotta be the brave, weird one <laughs> to start sharing. And it's, of course, it's absolutely terrifying and it's scary. Um, this is also one of the ways that I've started doing what I do because I went through some pain, sexual pain in my life. And I carried that secret for something up to seven years. And it was only when I started sharing with women that they all started sharing back and saying, hey, I feel pain too, or I've been through stuff, or I'm going through stuff, or I'm suffering. You realize no one's sex life is perfect. Mm -hmm. And you realize that everyone has something. I'm really interested <laughs> about um, what you said about your upbringing in terms of, you know, being quite a strict and uh, environment, because it's it's what we experience a lot in South Africa as well. And a lot of the comments that we get and the DMs that we get on Instagram about what people want to ask. I mean, we spoke to a gynecologist a few weeks ago and yeah, there's just, there's a lot of shame around it again, that word coming up, shame and just confusion and just not being able to speak to anyone, including their parents and their friends when they're younger. So yeah. I'm really interested to know, if you're speaking to someone like that's 18 and they are having the same kind of thoughts, like they're battling with their sexuality, you know, what are the kind of feelings maybe that you had that you can tell us about and how you overcame them to kind of help other people? 
I think a lot of these things have to do with just your age and experience. You know, as we grow, we mature. The way I felt about sex when I was in my teen years <laughs> is very different the way I feel about it now that I'm in my mid-30s. Mm. And some of the lessons are beautiful and pleasurable and exciting, and some can be incredibly painful. Mm. Um, I only wish that back when I was a teenager that I had Instagram or I had blogs or I had podcasts. You know, we <laughs> live in such a wonderful age now where there's three women right now talking about sex and anyone in the world can listen to this and see if they can resonate or buy a book that's going to be mentioned or listen to another podcast. Mm. This is so wonderful and I think we just need more of that. Mm. You know, back when I was a teenager, all I had was pornography. That was my only sex education. Mm. Which was frowned upon a bit, no? Here well, it was a little pornos are for perverts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're all perverts. <laughs> oh, we're always calling ourselves perverts. Oh, yeah, Saz actually said on a, a podcast two weeks ago, She's um, we've actually coined the phrase now, I just want to let everybody know, it's called hashtag perv with your person. So she loves to be like a pervert with her husband. She's like, it's like my favourite thing. I've just been yeah. like a massive perv. It keeps it fresh. And I think if we can like <laughs> teach people to be a bit more pervy, in the right ways, <laughs> disclaimer, we're going to have fun with this podcast. So we got some really like a couple questions that came up a lot and we thought those would be the ones we would like really want you to tackle with us. And one of the interesting ones that I really liked was my partner never seems to be in the mood. Now what? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so he doesn't want to do it. She wants to do it. How do we help? Let's brainstorm a way to make it less awkward. How to you know, get him in the mood 101. <laughs> sure. This is why you know, sex advice in female magazines like Cosmopolitan doesn't save any marriages. Because my first question is, what do you mean by in the mood? What does that mean? And in the mood for what? What is it that you're offering your partner? You know, I often have men message me and go, hi, Lena, can you help me? My wife hates sex. What do I do? And my question is always, what do you mean by sex? Are you offering to poke her around for two minutes, come on her and turn around and snore? Because I wouldn't like that sex either. Mm. You know, what is it that we are talking about here? In the mood for what? That's number one. Number two, do you know what your partner likes? Does your partner know what they like? You know, we often confuse love with sexual desire. Now, I could love my partner. I could respect him. I could admire him. I could want to cuddle with him, but I might not want to sleep with him. And so understanding moments of when we are incredibly sexually attractive to our partners versus just being lovable is very important. Yeah. You know, do you know what turns your husband on or when he just wants to snuggle you? Those are very, very different energies. So do you think that possibly communication is fundamental? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. But the one word that's missing from that is brutally honest. Yeah. <laughs> communication because a lot of us are communicating every day we're talking about our kids and the in-laws and what we're going to do and which pizza we're going to order but we're not communicating about important things what's the purpose of sex what do you get from sex what makes you feel sexy when do you feel like you're desired by me what turns you on what kind of questions that we're not asking each other 
and okay. we don't know about each other. And on, on my blog, I actually made 25 questions for couples to ask each other and really make it into a game and a long, honest, vulnerable conversation of the fact that very often our libidos are incompatible. And in every relationship, there's usually a high desire partner and a low desire partner. And it sucks to be in either position because one person feels rejected, the other person feels pressured. So number one, of course, is having brutally honest conversation. And number two is really understanding what hides beneath this mood or not being in the mood. I mean, you could have a hundred people not be in the mood for a hundred different reasons. Mm -hmm. Someone is uh, tapping into childhood trauma. Someone just doesn't like the sex with you. Someone is having an affair. Someone else is just going through a really stressful time in their life. So there isn't one answer to help all. Unfortunately, I know we all really want it to be so, but this is why working with a coach or even having a conversation with your partner is important to understand what's happening with them. This is an interesting thing. Jaya, sexologist Jaya, has developed this theory on what she calls erotic blueprints. So after working for, I think, 10 plus more years with different clients in the sexuality field, she has realized that we are all wired very differently sexually. So what turns me on doesn't necessarily turn you on. And often we don't know what turns us on. It's really easy to be turned on and horny at the beginning of the relationship because it's new. But three, four, five, seven years down the road, we're still feeling sexual, but no one is really triggering in the, in the lovely way our libido. So for example, I'll give you um, a very vulnerable one from my side. If I come home and my boyfriend got home earlier an hour before me and he put rose petals all over the house and there's some guy playing the violin and there's, you know, chocolates and peonies and, you know, beautiful music and candles everywhere. And he's standing there, Elena, I love you. You're the best woman ever. Well, I'm going to feel really loved, but my panties are going to be fucking dry. Uh, to me as well, it sounds super inconvenient. Like, do I have to clean up this shit now? What like, do we yeah. do with the guy with the violin? <laughs> Thinking, oh my God, I better vacuum clean all these rust petals. <laughs> so in that moment, I'll feel love. They'll probably cry from just feeling overwhelmed and feeling appreciated and seen, but I'm not going to be turned on. Now, if I come home on another day and my boyfriend is sitting on the couch and he's looking straight at me and he starts like unbuttoning his pants and taking off his belt and saying something along the lines of like, the floors are dirty and you've been a very bad girl and I'm going to punish you for it. Oh my God, I'm going to have a waterfall in my pants because he's speaking my sexual language. Mm -hmm. I love being bad because I'm so good throughout my daily life. <laughs> you know, I'm bossy, I'm organized, I'm clean. So in the bedroom, I love to surrender and I love being naughty. And so my partner knows this about me and he knows exactly how to speak my sexual language. What you have is, for example, you have a woman saying, hey, I'm in this marriage with this amazing man and he takes out the trash and he's a great father and he does everything. He listens to me and I am so bored sexually because he's probably not speaking her sexual language. And is it our responsibility then to actually say, this is what I want? Absolutely. It's your responsibility to know what your sexual language is. And Jaya has a quiz and I can send you guys the link to that that you can take a quiz and figure it out. For me, five years ago when I did it, it was this aha moment, your whole sex life, you know, 
crosses across your eyes and goes, oh my God, now everything makes sense. Mm -hmm. You understand why certain people turn you on, why certain situations turn you on. It's like we all carry this theme throughout our life. And then you realize that your partner might have a completely different theme. Mm -hmm. Share it with each other. Do you think if you're not compatible... I take the, okay, I've actually taken the quiz, by I the knew way. It. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen Elena. So she so she was like, yeah, know, she told I'd me about this. I'd be if you didn't take the test already. Obviously, I'm going to go home it. and take the test. So I've taken the blueprints. I know exactly what I want. I'm like, yes, this is me. And I go to my partner and I'm like, this is what I like. This is what's going to turn me on. This is what I want to ca- carry on doing for our relationship to actually be fire. And then he turns around and goes, yeah, I'm not into that. Hey? Mm-hmm. Then what? Are we, are we not compatible? Because I think there needs to be like, there's going to be a point when someone listens to us and goes, I'm going to take this quiz. They're going to go home and they're man or they want whoever. And they're going to mm-hmm. go, not into it. Yeah, if I'm into something weird and the person's honestly, that's kind of nasty. I don't want to do that. Now, now what? Do I need to figure something else out? I think it works the same way as anything big in your life. I want to have kids and you don't. Now what? Boom. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, people underestimate um, how important having a good sex life is and being sexually compatible. And when we say compatible, I think it also means we don't like the same things, but that we can chat about them and do things that the other person likes and vice versa and be okay with it and be comfortable. I would say ideally, you know, we're all wired sexually completely different. And I would even think that being with someone exactly like you will be kind of boring. So it's a matter of expanding your sexuality and enjoying different types of flavors from other people. And of course, finding a compromise. My current boyfriend and I are very, very different sexually in terms of our wiring. But we find the compromise. We enjoy it. You know, I enjoy, I enjoy learning about him. He enjoys learning about me and we keep it fun. And yes, sometimes there's moments of confusion or misunderstanding, but that's what makes life exciting. Mm. If someone isn't into what you're into, well, this is life, you know, and again, it's for you to decide, do you want to live the rest of your life like this without feeling sexually nourished, without feeling sexually happy? It's really up to you to decide that. Mm. How important do you think a good sex life is in a relationship? (laughs) There was another podcast and they had this really good quote. They said, when everything goes well in your sex life, it's important for maybe 25% in your life. But when everything is shit, it feels like 85%. Mm. So that's your answer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I would say if you are in a monogamous relationship and your partner is the only person that you can have sex with, I would hope that you both are working on keeping things nourishing for each other. Mm. I love that word nourishing. Mm. It's not just like horny or... Fulfilled. Yeah, like fulfilled. Yeah. I like it. Very nice. I can't have an orgasm as a woman um, with just penetration or a dildo being penetrated well i think like the question digs deep into that woman's struggle with orgasms 
mm-hmm. a lot and they don't know how to address it and how to work on it. I guess that's where sex coaching comes in. But I think the question is, so I'm struggling to climax and it's fine if it's like foreplay, but whenever we go to like the full thing, you're kind of getting bored. Is that what mm. it is? Okay. I think so, yeah. There's different reasons why women are having a hard time orgasming with the G-spot. And I always say that orgasms are like abs. We're all born with the potential for abs. But I might need to eat less donuts in order to have abs. You might need to do more running to have abs. Someone else might have to join the gym. So we all want the same result. But the way to get there is very individual to us and our relationship and our lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. So some of the main reasons why women are not having G-spot orgasms are lack of proper sexual education. So they think that they don't have a G-spot and therefore they're not even trying or learning anything about it. Uh, fact is all females are born with one. We all have it. It's, it's not really a spot. It's a location of erectile tissue in your body. Mm-hmm. And you can even see it in the mirror. So if you squat, you can see your G-spot and it's a really lovely way to meet yourself. Mm. Number two, there is a lack of sexual arousal while stimulating the G-spot. So a woman, most women have penetrated too fast and too vigorously before they are fully aroused. Mm. So therefore, mm. you're not really getting the feeling of an aroused G-spot. Number three, we're not stimulating the G-spot long enough and we're stopping too fast. So G-spot orgasms on average take much longer than clitoral orgasms. But if you're banging your vagina with a dildo or a penis, you're not going to be coming. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Another reason is overstimulating your G-spot with intensive vibrating toys, which also is not the best thing. I always say, please don't vibrate your G-spot ever. It's not good for it. You might be having sex with someone that you don't trust and therefore you cannot surrender into an orgasm. So you're having sex with someone you don't love, someone you don't trust, someone you don't feel safe with someone that you don't feel safe being vulnerable with. There's, you know, so many different reasons. And so when I work with women, I need to get to the integrity of the reasons of what's actually happening in their life, what's happening in their body, what's happening in their libido and what kind of sex they're having. I even ask for the most detailed information of what kind of sex is happening Mm -hmm. when her partner penetrates or for how long, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What's happening in her head? What's happening in her body? And so on. Um, and the way that you, you help people to discover this, is this when we move into what you call the Yoni massage? It's one of the, yeah. Okay. Can you tell us a bit about that? Sure. Oh my God, I can talk about this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Do you girls have like Yoni massage in South Africa? Is that a known thing or? No. No. <laughs> No I told you you've got to come to South Africa. I told you you have to come here and do a workshop. People need... 2020, I'll be there. Okay. Yeah, we'll set it up. We'll set it up, girl. <laughs> okay, so tell us about Yoni Massage. I mean, also your company is called the Yoni Empire, so I'm, I presume that that's a big part of it. Yeah, well, Yoni is a Sanskrit word for vagina. I, I originally really wanted to call myself the Pussy Empire, but then I'd be probably in the same space with porn channels. <laughs> so I had to um, censor myself, and therefore I call myself the Yoni Empire. In the most basic terms, 
yoni massage is an is a vaginal massage. The vagina is uh, made out of muscle and muscles get stagnant. So the same way that you have pain in your neck or pain in your lower back, women carry tension and muscle stagnation inside their vaginas. A penis is not made of muscle. Therefore, men don't carry that tension in the penis. They carry their tension in the anus. And so they have prostate massage. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my next question. Do you do prostate <laughs> massage too? No. <laughs> My boundary, I don't work with men. So my expertise and my desire is fully to work with women only. Okay. All right. So take us through this. Someone's come to you and you've, you, so you sit them down, you obviously have a conversation first. Yeah. So um, if women come for a session, it's important for me to understand first and foremost, do they need a yoni massage? So a lot of women that I work with are experiencing vaginal pain, burning, numbness, and uh, yoni massage is incredible to look into that. Uh, a lot of the vaginal pain that women experience is it's a psychosomatic issue. It's not just a physical ailment. It's something that's happening in the heart and in the mind as well. So they really need a holistic approach. And when you go to the doctor, a doctor can give you a pill or a cream or they can cut you or they can burn you, but they can't, they don't work holistically. And if you go to the therapist, the therapist cannot touch you, but they can talk to you. And so yoni massage practices or pelvic floor therapy puts the two together. Mm. Wow. And this is my main, let's say, purpose in life is to support women through yoni healing mm-hmm. and releasing the pain, releasing the trauma, releasing the stagnation, helping women understand the fact that you have a G-spot, have, helping women understand how your clitoris works, helping women release the pain spots find the pleasure spots, really understanding how your whole body operates and how deeply it is connected to your lifestyle choices. Mm. And a lot of women don't realize that the reason they feel pain is because of the choices that they're making consciously or unconsciously, the kind of sex that they're allowing to happen in their life. Let's do the game. Cool. So we're going to play kinky or normal. And you just need to straight up. It's your reaction. Okay. Is it kinky or is it normal? Okay. So <laughs> touching yourself. Uh, totally normal. Highly recommended. <laughs> but just do it in moments of privacy, of course. Sexting your partner? If you're into it, of course it's normal. Make sure your partner's into it too. Lights on. Hmm. I highly, highly recommend sex with lights on doing it in public places (laughs) you're asking the wrong person um (laughs) just be respectful to everyone around you and know that not everyone wants to see it no i'm not letting that go i need to know where where (laughs) where's the kinkiest place you've ever had sex (laughs) oh boy um an airplane seat. <laughs> As Elena mentioned, be respectful about the people that are around you when you want to. <laughs> I hope you had the whole row, right? <laughs> no, it was, um, it was a long time ago. My boyfriend and I were bumped up to uh, first class. So we were in those seats that, you know, they turn into a bed. So mm. he just crawled over and spooned me and everyone was sleeping. So we were very, very discreet. Okay. <laughs> nice. Watching porn together. Again, if you're into it, go for it. Incredibly hot. 
Yeah. Fantasizing about another person when you're with your partner. Very, very normal. However, if it's happening all the time, ask yourself why and maybe you should look into that. Because if you're fantasizing about other people all the time while you're with your partner, that might be an insight of something that's happening in your relationship. Mm. What about having sex on your period? Totally normal. A lot of women feel incredibly horny while on their period. I have a friend who designs period, sex period mats. It's called uh, Venus Matters. And so she's designing these beautiful mats where you place it on the bed. They're all different colors. Oh, wow. So non-leakable. So they're also for women who squirt all the time. And, you know, you create the messiness and then you just chuck it into the um, washing machine and it's clean. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about squirting, what is that? Uh, Squirting is female ejaculation. So men and women both ejaculate. We both have uh, prostate no. Unfortunately, the female prostate has been deeply unstudied and was only accepted by the community in 2001, which no. is like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. What? Are you, yeah, that's crazy. So where is it? <laughs> it's actually part of your G-spot location. It's inside of you on the anterior upper wall. And the liquid that comes out is not coming from, it's coming through your urethra but it's not coming out of your bladder. So it's not pee. The liquid is created in your prostate and then comes out of the urethra. And it's a really fun thing. <laughs> it feels a lot like peeing, right? Can you get that confused? Or is Absolutely. That- a lot of women do. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of women who just naturally ejaculate during lovemaking are worried that they're peeing. <laughs> and so they go to the doctors and the doctors are giving them surgeries to stop without realizing that a big percentage of these women are just ejaculating. And so they carry shame and they're worried, even though they are doing something that millions of other women are learning to do. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like desperate to do it. They're like, how do you do it? Mm. Yeah. Hmm. And it's just, we don't talk about this stuff enough. Like people are literally desperate to be able to do this. I think the annoying thing, especially in South Africa is that it's, if that's like a weird thing, like girls don't talk about squirting, but guys, like that's just how it ends. That's the end of the process. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So we want to know if you have a story to share about a sexual experience with someone who was a selfish lover and you had to teach them how not to be, or maybe you coached someone who had that experience. Okay, good question. Yeah, I, I choose not to sleep with selfish people. <laughs> <laughs> good choice. What What is the definition of being selfish? I think let, maybe let's start there. Let's give a scenario of someone who's selfish. Like in my yes. opinion, that would be like this guy that just, he all he cares about is coming. Like, fuck what your needs are. I think it's people who are anti-foreplay as well. That feels pretty selfish, knowing how much we like it. I speak Mm -hmm. for all the women out there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I always feel like it takes two people to have sex and to have sexual issues. And very often uh, women blame their partners for being selfish. But when you ask them more questions, you realize that the women aren't really speaking up. Mm. So around bitching about it to our girlfriends and our mothers, but we never actually talk about it with the partner with whom this 
quote unquote selfish sex is happening. And another thing that women do is we're ridiculously good at people pleasing. So we play the role of low maintenance lovers because we're so scared of claiming our pleasure and realizing that our body works differently, our sexual psyche works differently, we need foreplay. And then so we pretend with men, especially that we don't need foreplay, we don't need this, we don't need that, my orgasm isn't important. And then we secretly resent them for it. So I think number one thing is to realize, is your partner really selfish or are you also breeding into that? Are you creating that situation where you're stepping over yourself? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that's because we're listening to you. Yeah, I was, no, that is for real. No one, it's not an easy conversation to have to be like, listen, you're doing it wrong. Or this is what I'm kind of into. I think it's kind of what we spoke about at the beginning. Yeah. So, Elena, we had this cool podcast a few weeks ago where we were actually discussing relationships. And one of the cool things that we came up with is that we often talk about red flags a lot, but we never Mm -hmm. talk about green flags enough. So Mm -hmm. I dig it when you do this. I love it when you do that. Yeah, I like doing that. So what are the green flags as well? Well, you know, the reality is no one teaches us how to touch each other. No one teaches men how to make love to a woman. All they also most men have is just pornography. And I'm not against pornography. I just want people to realize that it's not real life. The same way that Harry Potter isn't real life or 007 movies isn't real life. And yet we can watch these movies and say, yeah, it's a movie. But we watch pornography and we walk around assuming that this is reality. You know, the goal of pornography is to get you off as soon as possible so you can go on about your day. No one has four hours to give every day to watch, you know, sensual, passionate, raw lovemaking between people. I don't know. I don't have those hours. So I think having compassion for the both sexes and realizing, hey, guys don't know. So how about we share with them the same way that we don't know about them? And how about they share with us is a very lovely approach and no one can read your mind. A lot of women sit around. I mean, the, the things I hear of, well, if he loves me, he will figure it out. Well, Calling us out on our shit and I'm just loving it. It's like we need to be accountable if we want a climax and enjoy our sexy time. Mm. Absolutely. You know, a lot of women sit around waiting for Prince or Princess Charming to come around and make them come and responsibility with an orgasm is within you. It's your orgasm. It happens in your brain. It happens in your body. And your body orgasms very different from mine. What I need in order to climb to the climax and to climax is very different what you need. And so if you can't orgasm with yourself, if you can't touch yourself, if you're not exploring your G-spot, you're going to sit around waiting forever for someone else to do that. Mm-hmm. It all begins with a self. Know yourself first. That's what Laura was saying at the beginning. Mm. you got to make love to yourself. You are your number one lover. I dig that. I, I love that. that. And I think we need to get more into that. Definitely. All right. That's all we have time for today, guys. That was a lot of information. Did you learn something, Sots? Yeah. I need to take the questionnaires. Yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> but that's only if you come and tell us what your blueprint actually is. I will tell you about my blueprint. And we're going to make it super interactive because this is mind-changing. Thank you for teaching us how to take responsibility. And it's so important because it's a private matter, but 
it's our responsibility, ladies. Let's get ourselves there and teach our lovers how to do the job. Mm, for sure. So obviously we're going to put some stuff on our Instagram page and website and whatnot about how to get in touch with Elena. But if you can just tell us right now where they can find you, that would be great. Absolutely. And you can find me on www.theyoniempire.com or on the Yoni Empire Instagram. Or just maybe Google the Yoni Empire or Google Elena Rossi and I'm pretty sure I will come up. Okay, right. So find me anywhere. I check all of my email. I check all of my DMs. So feel free to message me if you are interested in having a session. Email me. I will send you all the information. Okay. And are people able to do a Skype session with you? Obviously, you can't do a Yoni massage, but if they want to have a chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's I'm doing Skype sessions almost daily. Okay. So anywhere, as long as there's internet, I'm available. Okay, rad. Cool, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed it. This was about pleasure. So that would be the number one um, objective. <laughs> and we're going to be doing a, another show with Elena soon. So watch out for that. Thanks so much for your time. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Later. Bye.